everybody. We're back. It's another week. It's another episode. It's Cincy Brewcast. The one, the only, the voice of Cincy Craft. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. We are on location. Definitely not live because every live stream seems to hate me every time I tend to use them in a, an actual live environment. But we are on location. Um, to you, it feels like it's live because hopefully you're listening in your car and pretending that you are... Um, drinking beer with us we are at fibonacci it's been a really long time since we've done a show here i didn't realize how long it's been until i started looking back at my notes it was like 2016 i think wow Um, probably like march or april something like that it's a really long time yeah (laughs) although everything still has the exact same feeling the exact same personality here at fibonacci there's a whole bunch that's been going on kind of right under people's noses and kind of behind the scenes and all that stuff that uh, uh, we definitely need to talk about. So um, we have to start the show the way we always start the show, though. We have to have some beer. And again, since we were here last time, there's lots of new stuff that you guys are doing. Lots of, I think you guys are finally um, not necessarily figuring out who you are, but showing people who this this personality of Fibonacci is, but uh, we'll get into that when we start drinking stuff. From the beer fridge. fridge. Um, I've got a couple beers in front of me. I have one that is a uh, a piece of the employee collaboration series, which, since it's like 4,000 degrees outside, I had to drink because it's... I think you have it labeled as a Rattler. It's... um, Light, refreshing, fruity. What is it? Lime and cherry. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, fresh limes and tart cherries. And this beer. So I, I should introduce you guys before we do that. Oh yeah, sure. Bob and Betty Bolas <laughs> from Fibonacci. I guess I, I'm assuming it probably says it on people's screen or something who I'm talking to. But right, <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at this podcasting thing. <laughs> right. So this uh, the beer the with the fresh limes and tart cherries oh. is uh, called Tilia. There's the lawnmower back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Uh, but it's actually uh, Shell's beer, one of our bartenders. So this was uh, one of the employee collaboration beers this year. So um, you know, we just finished that up about what about a month ago, I guess, when we had the employee collaboration challenge. And it's become a yearly event for you guys i assume will continue to be that way for the foreseeable future it's fun to see um sometimes there's some things that that come out with that series things that you wouldn't necessarily do on your own some ideas that people put out there that um there's some really fun stuff and it right right and it's it's great because it gives me a break from having to uh <laughs> come up with all the ideas uh you know for beers so so yeah it's, it's a really fun time uh we we had almost I think uh, over 200 people uh, come out and vote this year. Wow! Uh, that you know sampled all five of them and then you know got the got the vote on their favorite. And this year we changed it up a little bit. We went for uh, a whole weekend, started on Thursday, ended on Sunday, and a different beer won every single day. So oh, that's funny. Yeah, all all five of the beers were really really good. Right. Well, this one again. Like, I know that people listening to this can't tell how hot it is outside today, but it's it's really warm out here. Um, our ears are sweating already. I'm, I'm, mine are. I'm sure yours are, too. <laughs> um, and this is absolutely perfect for sitting outside, sitting on the front porch of Fibonacci, as I'm sure you can also hear. You can hear the generator from the food truck, the neighbor mowing the grass. So the... <laughs> 
<laughs> every every possible outdoor summer noise you can think of you can hear so it's but it fits this situation perfectly so when i came out for the the night that i voted on the collaboration beers it it didn't hit as my favorite at that time but today it might sit right there for me like just be, because of the weather and because of the situation and i think that's fun and also says something about how we're you know deciding what beers are favorites or not you know it, it very much shifts and changes for me every day so yeah absolutely but and the cherries are from eshelman's fruit farm yeah up in uh clyde ohio and that that's kind of a good segue into what i was kind of hinting at before about you guys kind of figuring out who you are like and I, I know that it was probably something you guys talked about a lot before you opened up about using, you know, lots of fresh fruit, and lots of things locally and stuff like that. I don't know if people realized how much of a part of who you guys are that is. And I think people are starting to see that and you're, you're starting to put out some stuff that uses these local ingredients. And you can say you know, that this came from down the street, you know, the, this this beer is made from mulberries that people from all over Mount Healthy will talk about that. Um, uh it's it's a very unique thing to Cincinnati, definitely, and probably a lot wider than that, too. I don't know how many breweries are that ingrained with those local ingredients and using fresh things. And, um, it, again, it's a big topic because you guys have some really big stuff going on, too, that right. kind of plays into that. But Yeah, and um. I feel like, you know, it's something we've been doing the whole time, but we just don't tell our story enough well it's it's not as it's also not as in your face when you walk into the tap room all the time whereas now and maybe it's just because with like the employee collaboration series and things like that there are more beers that that are using local ingredients and that have some kind of fresh fruit aspect to them whereas you guys might have a seasonal on that's one out of all of your taps that is in your face fresh fruit something you know does that make sense I don't know what it is, but I think people are starting to finally see it and get it and, and, and understand what this place is about. It's, it's, you know, not a, it's not a normal concept in a city like Cincinnati. It's, you know, I think you guys, especially being here in this central corridor, you know, down the street from Urban Artifact, there's, there's a lot of things that complement each other there. And, like, there's just a really fun thing going on. And I, I don't know, this is one of those beers that kind of showcases that for me. Um, I've got another beer in front of me that I want to drink before it gets warm. Um, this was, I'm sure everybody saw some of the Pink Boots collaboration beers coming around town, and um, there were some really fantastic things that people were doing, but this one is leaps and bounds different than the other ones that I saw around town. This is Hazy Daisy, which if anybody um, has been here before or is familiar with some of the stuff you have, you, you've got Earth Daisy as your kind of flagship IPA that you do. And you, you can go back to that um, last time we were here, Volume 2, Episode 4, and I think we tried it on the show probably, but um, tried the regular Earth Daisy, that is. Tell me about Hazy Daisy. What, what, what makes it special? Talk about the, the, how it fit into that Pink Boots collaboration and what makes it unique. Yeah, so Pink Boots Society is a national organization for women in beer and educating women in the industry. Um, we're fortunate to have a local chapter here, and 
through that, there were a lot of um, Pink Boots brew days in March. Right. So March is really the focus for that. Um, we weren't able to do <laughs> and it. And to go along with the summer sounds, my precious little baby. <laughs> we weren't really able to do it until the very end of March. Right. And we had a lot of local women in beer come out to help us brew it. Um, we're one of the few breweries who use the YCH Pink Boots Hops Blend, which really lends itself to making some kind of an IPA. So if we were going to use that blend, it was kind of do, the style was picked for us. Do we know anything about what hops are in the hops blend? Is it experimental stuff that we wouldn't really know? Or um, there were It's a blend of five different hops. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure Mosaic... Uh, Laurel. Ah, uh, man, there's three other ones I had. I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, of- they were three of them. I would say are traditional IPA hops that you know are big fruity kind of flavors, or um, it, it was a good mix. You know, some floral uh, in the flavor and aroma. Um, you know, some some more in the citrus uh, fruity category. So had a little bit of everything. Uh, why go the realm of a hazy IPA, the, well, the, whatever we call them now? <laughs> the second piece to that was we were fortunate enough to be able to use malt from Sweet Acres Malt House, which is owned by Camille, who is, to our knowledge, the only woman owned and operated malt house in the entire country, um, which is also regional to us here and so it was one of her first malt batches and it too was lending itself to being well it was lending itself to being hazy so and then you guys hit it with peaches which it was makes it hard to identify any hops in there it just becomes this beautiful fruity i mean it's again because of what's happening today with the weather this is fantastic. Like right. it just it fits in perfectly. That guy that's over there weed eating now probably needs one when he's done because um, this this is just fantastic summer beer. It's big. It's fruity. It's refreshing. Um, it's dangerous, I think, because I've had a six percent ish somewhere around. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a uh, five six is what it came out to. It, it, this is one that goes down really easy and could probably catch up with you pretty fast. But I love it. It's, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. Um, not typically my style that I flock to, but this has kind of a... It's got, it's got a little bit more of that, that body to it that I think sometimes New England IPAs and the hazy IPAs and all that stuff, that some of them are kind of lacking that. Right. And they come off as kind of thin to me. Yeah, I think uh, part of that uh, is probably... So we, we used 84 pounds of uh, peaches total in, uh, in about 60 gallons. So, you know, a little over... About one and a quarter pounds per gallon, and uh, the last forty-two pounds of that we put fresh into the into each keg. Like, so we didn't we didn't ferment out all the fruit completely. It doesn't come off as like that milkshakey kind of IPA right. thing, but yeah, no lactose. It in um, it. it still has that good thick kind of body to it that I think makes it taste way better to me. It's it's great. Well right. done. Um, anything else? We guys have the mulberry beer coming up. I guess we can go ahead and start talking about that since we're talking about beers. If is it the same beer from last year? Yeah, so 
you know, the story goes, Charles Cheney planted all these mulberries in Mount Healthy, like, in the 1800s. He was going to open a silk factory, and silkworms feed solely on mulberry leaves. So there is a plethora of mulberry trees all over this neighborhood. Um, And so I think it was your idea, but I'm sure the neighborhood asked us to do it, too. I mean, who knows? Um, And so last year, we just put a shout out to the community and said, hey, if you can bring us in mulberries, we'll have a cookout for you at the end of the week. Like that was kind of our trade. Shake down your trees (laughs) and we'll make you some food. Um, And so then it started, you know, everything. How many mulberries does one have to gather to get a hot dog? (laughs) (laughs) Like, is it? As as long as you bring one. (laughs) We, We don't have a set amount. Yeah, so... If you contribute in any way. I mean, we had little kids with little cuffs. We had people with, you know, big containers full and a variety of diversity and just everybody who was participating. So that, I think, was really cool. But the, the whole idea is, is a... It's a, it's. I mean, it's brilliant. I don't know if it was... How, how much it just came together, how well it was, like, pre-planned and stuff. But, I mean, you're... You're, you're taking the community of, of Mount Healthy and something that's very u- unique to Mount Healthy and ties into that history of it, using that for a beer. And then I know last year you guys collaborated with Urban to get some of their sour wort that they that they make, and you bring that up here and you ferment it here. Like there's, it's this really, I mean, it's it's brilliant. It, it fits in again to that whole idea of what this place is like. You know, kind of behind the whole fact that it's that's a fun tap room to hang out in. It's like this, this bigger idea of tying all these things together, and it's one of those beers that I think does it perfectly. It's, it was delicious last year. Right. I, um. We'll be collaborating with Urban again. Um, they're always so good to us in that regard, and um, and then the mulberries have already started showing up this week. So, <laughs> you know, they're in all different varieties of ripeness. We've got a tree right behind us here, but. You can see those are all green. So if someone lives outside of the city of Mount Healthy and has a mulberry tree and they have mulberries, are they allowed to also contribute or does it have to be 100% Mount Healthy mulberries? We'll take every last mulberry we can get. You guys need a lot of mulberries, right? Um, How many? I've I've seen a couple different numbers that you guys need for this beer. Um. I mean, the, the minimum that we're looking for is 150 pounds, and we will infuse up to 300 if we can get that many. And that's, that's a lot of mulberries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll also be doubling the batch versus what we made last year. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be doing uh, two full batches, so four barrels worth this year. Fantastic. Which is still small for us. But <laughs> We're going to do four barrels in like half of the breweries in Cincinnati. What? <laughs> what? You're just doing a test batch? What's going on? Smaller than our pilot system. <laughs> um, I, I can't wait for it. It's one of those beers again. And maybe it's just because my ears are sweating right now, but like it would be perfect on a day like today, sitting outside. You're, you're hot. You need something that's clean and refreshing. And it, you know, again, Really fun beer. Fits into what I hope people understand this place is all about. I, um, I, I, I don't want to call you the idea weird. I know that's you know kind of the way we, we refer to things with Urban Artifact. They're the weird guys, you know. But some of the things you guys do here don't fit into those typical kind of ideas. You, you guys made the infamous uh, garlic beer, 
um, for uh, Bewilderfest. Yes, indeed. You guys made a Salsa Verde beer, which was insane. It was delicious, but it was not something that I think anybody could predict as far as a beer that, that comes out in Cincinnati. It was just lots of really fun stuff, lots of really fresh stuff. Like, um, it's, it's, it's awesome. I think, uh, I think you guys are really catching a fun stride of, of what this, this, this means. So, um, I don't Way to go keep it up, I guess. I don't know. I just. <laughs> well, he will. Yeah. But I do think, you know, we've just continued to build our relationship with local farms. And there's one specifically here right in Mount Healthy. So we've used beets. It was his garlic. Um, another one probably five miles away. It was his tomatillas and his idea and his recipe for the salsa let's say right. um, and then Bob converted that into a beer um, so we have ideas with both of them as well as a number of other um, farming relationships that we've been, had and continue to build so kind of on the, 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 the weird beer um, track are, are you guys doing Bewilderfest this year do you know yet um, actually Urban's uh, changing up the format for Bewilderfest this year so uh, it's going to be more pretty much solely focused on the music and right. then they're going to be doing bottle releases uh, gotcha. to coincide with that so yeah for the most part they will not be uh bringing in guest taps uh, is my understanding mm. but uh but yeah i mean you know we would definitely uh participate if they maybe you can throw a little mini bewilder fest during it up here where you just put on a couple <laughs> weird things <laughs> <laughs> right 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 right. if you're on your way down to urban on your way home stop in for something weird right my little baby gnome is being a little shit. <laughs> but she's cute. So. She is cute while she doesn't. Um, speaking of my precious little baby gnome, so we went to the zoo. Well, it wasn't the, her first time at the zoo, but her first time since she's really understood the world around her at the zoo. And her favorite part was the petting zoo. And she really loved the petting zoo because there were goats. And she likes, she likes dogs, and she likes bigger dogs, and she likes things that let her pet them, and the goats let her pet them. Uh, I've heard some rumors that there may be some goats coming to Mount Healthy in the future. Um, and I've heard some rumors that that might be part of a bigger, again, a bigger idea of what Fibonacci is. I mean, people have probably seen the beehives out back or heard about the beehives or heard of what's going on with that. Do you want to talk about kind of this 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 bigger idea? Well, you know, the Fib Farm. I think I've heard it called. <laughs> yeah. So we always talk about you know how the brewery was Bob's dream, but really it was my vision and pushing that made it happen. But I've always been really into growing things, growing food, growing anything. Um, and so my dream was that the brewery would have an urban farm. And when you guys grew the mushrooms that were in, you know, going back to Urban Artifact, we talk about them a lot with you guys. Um, they did a, a mushroom calliope, and you grew those mushrooms, right? Right. So that was quite a few years ago. But right. yeah, so I grow shiitakes and oysters in logs. Um, and I did that before we had the brewery and then planted even more logs since then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when we first started looking at spaces, we really weren't sure that my part of the dream was ever going to happen because it's hard enough to find the right kind of building, let alone find 
enough property next door that you can um, grow and have animals. So we were really, really lucky when we found this building that we were also able to get the acre lot next door. Right. And so, you know, we've had it for about two years. Um, we're rehabbing, but part of the outdoor piece then is including a number of plants. Um, we actually worked with UC's horticulture and architecture program who designed sustainable and edible landscaping for us. Um, so that's going to be all over the property in addition to goat and chicken areas. Um, and so we currently have, we own two dwarf Nigerian goats that are not on the property because we're working with our city. So we've gotten through two steps and hopefully we get through the third step um, in a week in front of city council, which all signs point to yes. And then the goats will be able to move over here and start hanging out with everyone. So you've got two goats. Do they have names? So the, I should also mention the farm where we got the goats is up the street, and they're Healthy Hills Farm. Um, one one of the goats is from them. The other goat they got somewhere else for us. Um, we are not naming the goats because we want the public to help us name them. Ooh. And so we will have a little criteria with that ultimately I will select the names not even Bob <laughs> um, and then we're how looking many, at how many people do you think are going to submit Goaty McGoatface right. <laughs> so that one will not win I can guarantee it and, um, how about Hoppy Von Hoppers <laughs> no um, and so yeah I think it'll be really fun for people um and we're talking about a really nice prize for each of the winners. So, Well, before we really dig into this, because there's, there's a lot more that comes along with this whole idea of Fib Farms, but we should probably take a break first. But um, let's, let's, let's take a break. We'll come back. Um, I want to talk kind of about what all that means. I know that you guys have another building that's next door right now. I want to know what that is all about. I want to talk about some of these workshops that you have been doing that have this fib farm kind of tag on them and how that plays into the whole thing but um there's 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 a lot to this there this is a very big um kind of i don't want to call it i guess it is an expansion a growth um evolution whatever whatever it is um we need to dive into it so we'll, we'll be back since he brewcast the voice of sensi craft The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. And you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. 
This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamel Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest and harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We're back, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, we're joined now by Casey. Um, you've been on the show once, is that right? Once before. Um, back once at, before, oh, yeah. Back at um, the uh, Incline House. Incline Public House, yes, that for was the. It. Uh, the the windy women and beer show <laughs> quite windy <laughs> that yeah. was one of one of the most difficult technically shows i think we've done because of that wind you guys but, made it through really well uh, we survived mm-hmm. uh, sort of uh, we had what speaker blowover and all kinds of stuff it was fun yeah, definitely um you've got some fun stuff going on also I- anybody who doesn't know casey you are um part of the the p3 um right uh, it is a what would we call it? a charity beer group? Is that a good way to put it? So like we, we're a social group. We're not a 501c3 or anything like that. We are just a group of people uh, who are part of People Pines Purpose with a focus on charity, education, and uh, inclusion. So basically what we're trying to do is create spaces in the craft beer community that end up benefiting everybody. Right. So we can all enjoy it, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Why not, right? <laughs> but so if anybody hasn't seen the group on Facebook, just get on there and search for People Pines Purpose. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's become a kind of a gathering place and some news and some events and things like that for people to share. So. Absolutely. Um, and it just becomes like a, a good place where people can have a discussion about whatever beer topic they may have, um, knowing that they're not going to encounter anybody who's going to 
harass them or anything like that for their opinions. Right. So that's what we're you know trying to create a adult space, pretty much. We could have a whole <laughs> conversation about that. That never happens in Cincinnati craft beer, does it? Never, <laughs> no, never. Um, so tell us about some of the stuff you've got going on. Um, I know you have a, a really fun event coming up that. Uh, we wanted to share with some people. Yeah. So um, even better, it's more than just an event. It is a citywide movement, pretty much. So are you familiar with Women Helping Women by any chance? I'm familiar with Women That Help Women. I, I'm not familiar with right. the... Uh, <laughs> okay. So Women Helping Women is a gender-based advocacy group that is in Cincinnati. It's been around for 40 plus years now. And uh, recently, they started embarking on the It's On Us campaign. And basically what they are doing is they are offering training services for local bars and restaurants, tap rooms, bottle shops, you name it. I mean, we have these community spaces where people gather, and it's kind of becoming this thing where everybody needs to really recognize when there is a not-so-community-based friendly incident taking place. Like, if you see somebody that's being harassed in your tap room, what do you do? If you see the signs of domestic abuse or assault taking place, what do you do? And so the training that Women Helping Women are providing uh, will help both uh, taproom managers and bartenders and even those folks who are working in the packaging industry as well recognize these things. And it doesn't just benefit inside the business. You can take that knowledge with you and put it out in your community as well as just a regular individual. Oh, it sounds I mean, there's yeah. there's obviously a lot of issues going on in, in that realm lately. and right. Forever, it's been going on. I guess it's more um, in the public face, I guess, lately is a better way to put it. It's not that it's just all of a sudden happening. But. Yeah. I mean, people are taking advantage of the fact that they have access to technology that will allow them to speak on it a little bit more. And uh, for some, that's been a benefit. And for others, it's been a little bit of a curse because there is backlash that comes about it right. as well, too. Whether or not, like, we should believe these people or not. And as far as the role goes with women helping women, if someone walks in and they say, this happened to me, it's our job to believe you. We're here to act as a support system and a guidance system. So if there's anything that you need help with along the lines of um, trying to find the appropriate resources or what it is that you want to do next, the idea is to let the survivor take right. control. They're just there along the way. And that's going to be the same instance that you're going to encounter um, if you're trained by the It's On Us <laughs> campaign folks. Um, you okay, Betty? <laughs> yeah, I have Sorry. a sinus infection. Sorry. Sorry. Nobody would be able to hear it in the end result. It'll get edited out. <laughs> feel, awesome. feel free to... Uh, Between the sinus infection and the gnat in my eye. Yeah, oh. the, the gnats are loving us right now. They are, they are. Uh, so mm. how can people find out more? How can people get involved if there's a way to get involved? Great question. Um, so first off, should go ahead and clarify that we do have a lot of businesses and bars and um, breweries that have already participated in this. So it's not just a run-of-the-mill pitch here. We've got Queen City Radio, Motor Pub, Taft's Ale House, Northside Yacht Club, Ryan Guys, Listerman. They have all participated in this training. And if you are interested in it, you'll want to contact uh, Maria Thaman. She is the bar training coordinator. Her email is m. So it's M-T-H-A-M-A-N at womanhelpingwomen.org. And if you want to use a phone number, instead, we have our general hotline. You can call at 513-977-5541. 
So yeah, that's we'll, it. we'll put all that in the show notes too. So absolutely, if uh, if you don't have a pen handy, you can just I don't know tap on some things or click on some things or something, absolutely. and I'm sure it's it's right there in front and of you. So same thing, Noam. Um, I also act as the liaison between the craftier community and women helping women because women helping women cannot go out and directly reach out to you and say, "Hey, would you like to do this?" Because we don't want to turn it into a solicitation sort of deal. So um, if you have any questions, you can also reach out to me. I'm sure you can put my email in right. the <laughs> notes there as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, my little bean bean hurt her knees again. <laughs> She's an adventurous little thing. You can tell by the scrapes all over. It's not the first time. Well, that's, you, yo, she's taking it like a champ. Yeah. Absolutely. It's okay to cry. <laughs> totally fine. But yeah. Well, thank you, Casey. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll share it out in the show notes. And uh, anytime that we can help as a show or um, as the gnome, uh, feel free to reach out and uh, we'll do what we can. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on here. And, uh, of course. Thank you, Betty, for letting me come in here as well, too. Betty's very it. concerned about Melly right now. You can see. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. She's okay. She bounces off. She's all right. She's going to be all right. Yay! We're She'll all survive. <laughs> I was just, just looking like, where's the she, puppy? She is alive. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, of course. Um, but I, we also, you know, coming back from the commercial, we want to, obviously, you heard the the, the plug for uh, Cincy Brewbus. We want to thank them very much for sponsoring the show. We love Cincy Brewbus very much. This is a Cincy Brewbus stop right here, of course. We love um, them, too. Uh, Mike does fantastic things for, for the city and for craft beer, so uh, we're very happy to be um, part of the Cincy Brewbus family. And we... I have to remind people that as a show, we, you know, we're about going to breweries and talking to the brewers and the owners and that kind of stuff. But it's very much about the drinkers, too. Like, I, I am a drinker. I do not work in the industry. I just drink the beer. So, you know, keep in mind all the time that this show is about you, too. If you want to be a co-host on the show, we do guest co-hosts. I'm working on a system to kind of organize that a little bit better. That's coming. If you just want to contribute by sending an email, you can reach out to cincybrewcast at gmail.com and uh, give me your feedback, your thoughts, your emotions, whatever it is. Or if you want to leave me a message that's preferably not a drunken message with lots of giggling, um, which is typically what I get, you can always call 567-70-DRINK. Um, I know it's counterproductive to have the word drink in my phone number and then expect you not to be drunk, but... <laughs> Uh, it's 567-703-7465. You can always call the show. Again, if you want to leave any kind of feedback, we, we like it there, too. I love the um, creativity. <laughs> it's, it's really not that creative. <laughs> Should put something with the word drink in it. Sounds good. Um, so, Betty, let's, let's keep talking about the farm. Um, I feel like I need some kind of buffer music to bring us back into the, this whole idea. Um You've been doing lots of, uh, I think you're calling them workshops, like lots of fun little things. I think you had something with succulents or something like that, some kind of, you've got one coming up with DIY, like body stuff, like lotions or something. I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> like, na- lots of, lots of, lots of like natural and um, just, just fun things that I think could be a expanded too like there's lots of roads you can go down with that that's all part of this this fib farm idea tell tell me a little bit about that (laughs) so i've always been a big um person in going to like the civic garden center and turner farm and just various places in the city to take classes expand my knowledge 
about plants um, to be a part of some of the things that they create. And so part of my urban farm piece is has always been I wanted to have those types of classes. And so even though we're still working on the urban farm piece, I decided that it would just be a good year to start kicking it off. Um, so the first session we had was actually a mason bee workshop with Osima bees, um, and that was pretty amazing. So one mason bee pollinates as much as 100 honeybees, and they're native to Ohio. Um, so we'll be having a harvest session in the fall where the people who have mason bees will come in and harvest them. So I'm like this workshop's going on and there's like bees flying around inside the tap room and there's ants on the table and I'm like Bob is like gonna I don't know that Bob really thought it was gonna go down this way with these workshops but I love it there's lots of reasons the brewery is in the basement (laughs) right um so some of the upcoming ones are like um herb gardens we have a herbal tea blending course we have the DIY, um, which is using natural ingredients to create lip balm, body butter, that sort of thing. Body, and then body butter. Yes. I don't know what that is. Just super moisturizing. <laughs> um, smell good. Essential oils, other natural ingredients, keep you moisturized. Obviously, you don't use. I don't moisturize. Right. I'm moisturized plenty right now. I've got sweat <laughs> dripping down my back. And then there's one other that we're doing that's called an abundance box that's pretty cool. So with that, it's for people who have small gardening spaces. And for every abundance box purchase, one is donated to a food desert. And a food desert, if people don't know, is an area where people, you know, whether it's because of busing or lack of their own vehicle, whatever it is, really can't get to a grocery store easily. Um, so they're a lot of times buying frozen foods from the convenience store, whatever it is. So it's, you know, just not really having a lot of good access to fresh right. food. And um, the, this partnership, we're hoping because there is a food desert up the street that we can make those donations very, very locally here. Um, so those are some of the workshops lined up right now. Um, and then they're all... $25 and include a beer. So where does where does the idea for these workshops, how, how does it keep growing? I mean, you talked about having chickens and goats and plants and things like that. Does it grow into more of the urban farming kind of thing? Are you going to teach people how to grow mushrooms? Because that's something that is, you know, things like that. Is it Does it grow into things like that, into the educational side of it? Does it grow into, like, a beer side? Is there a beer-making workshop that, you know, like, is this all kind of stuff that we can look forward to? Yes. So I will teach some mushroom-growing courses. Um, I think we're going to do something with kombucha and fermentable foods, as well as um, I have a good friend who's a pretty big composting expert. So... To me, there always has to be some kind of tie-in with, like, sustainability, stuff from the garden, stuff outside, um, and really just being able to improve your whole self right. through these workshops. And you, you usually, with all of the ones coming up, you get to take something with you. So I feel like $25 for the education piece, taking your project with you, and then a beer is a great deal. 
That's, that's fun. I again, it, it ties into that bigger picture of what this whole thing is about. It so next door, there's a building. There's a house. Can you talk about that a little bit? What's what's going on with that? Is it going to be the second tap room that we've heard about? Is it an event space? Is it what's going on with it? Yeah. So the property next door is an acre. On it is a house that's way over 100 years old we aren't even really quite sure and when we bought it had plaster walls and ceilings falling down everywhere and was a disaster it did have a really nice player piano in there but that was about it um and so we decided we were going to start rehabbing it just to get the entire property open next door so um in the front of that property will be a beer garden outdoor drinking space um, the chickens and goats will be at the back of the beer garden. And then even further back in the property is where we'll grow a lot of ingredients to put in our beer, as well as throughout the beer garden. Um, they'll really be um, combined together. So with the house, we um, are turning the downstairs into a second tap room. And so we're not really saying either of our spaces are a private event space because it could be either of our events or either of our tap rooms are a private space. Um, You know, we'll have one open at all times. And then depending on the size of groups or what people want to do, we'll be able to rent out the other one. We used to rent out our current tap space a lot more when we were only open three days a week. Right. Um, but as we've expanded ours, we don't really have that. What's the anymore. size difference? Is it going to be about the same size tap room as what you guys already have? Just different? It's smaller. Um, but I really think that's okay because when we're open over there, I think the majority of people are going to be outside. Right. Um, because our beer garden will be pretty large yeah i mean that's exactly where i would be sitting and drinking today yeah (laughs) it would just you know it's if anybody has again if you've been to fibonacci there is i I think it's obvious which which space it is it's right next door to you guys when you're um standing in front of fibonacci looking at it it's to the right it's um, a house that kind of sits back a little further and there's a big green space in the front with lots of trees and it's always shaded and it's i mean it's makes for a perfect beer garden it, it put a couple big tables out there and some, some string lights and it's just perfect for it. It, it it's it's meant to be and this year it might literally only be tables and string lights but it's all right there's a plan <laughs> to get more things growing it's and all we need we don't even really need tables because i think there's a couple stumps over there that would work <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the tap room, again, that's a little smaller. Um, From a design perspective, you'll see a lot of similarities in our current tap room, um, but a little bit of a twist as well. So um, what people like in the way our tap room currently is, where it's very bright and light, um, you'll see some of that same um, ambiance in the tap room next door. So the other piece with that building next door, um, we did flip the stairwell in that building. There's an upstairs. And so our FIB farm, which is its own business and LLC, will actually be running an Airbnb in the top of that building. Um, And so, you know, come stay at a brewery and urban farm. Um, We will have two separate spaces up there. 
um, each with a king size bed, full bathrooms, wet bar. Um, so they'll be really nice. Um, right now we had an air conditioner leak and take out all the drywall so you know that'll all be fixed before somebody stays there uh, (laughs) it's still gonna be a few before um that can be done but it's we'll get really close yeah i mean there's definitely good progress every week with the whole entire house but as of right now it looks like the beer garden will come together and be you'll be able to hang out over there this this year and drink beer while it's still nice outside (laughs) and the other things will kind of come online after that and and that's that's fun stuff yeah i think it's really exciting because you know when people are like i feel like when we first started opening people would say oh don't worry you'll grow you'll get bigger you'll get there at some point and we would be we would say but that's not what we're trying to do um and so for us you know, we're calling it our Fibonacci 1.618 partial joke um, because it's not a not 2.0. quite 2.0. And but also because it's the golden sequence, um, which is Fibonacci. So that's kind of our little joke on it. But we're expanding out in that sense, and just well, we've we've talked a lot about recently, especially about expansion and what it means to different breweries. You've seen places like Mad Tree that just pick everything up and move it down the street to a bigger place and invest millions of dollars into something real fancy and nice and you see places like Rheingeist just snatching up every ounce of anything that's attached to their building so that they can grow into that. You've seen places like Dogberry move in, you know, to a, a, a different location, you know, in their city. You've seen places like um, Nine Giant recently announced their Fermentorium, whatever what are they calling it. It's, you know, right behind their building a whole separate space without a, a new brew hat like it's what it means to grow and to expand and to um evolve is is very different from place to place and it's it's been really fun to see everybody finding their own way to become who they are there's there's not a blueprint of what it means to be at, you know stage one as a brewery and stage two like there's not a, a guideline that you're supposed to follow and you know, from the beginning, you guys made it clear that you're a nano brewery, and that's who you are, and that's that's what what the brewery is. But what's happening around that is something that's very different for you guys, and it's growing. And it's you know, I, I imagine that it's not going to be done after this. I imagine that it's still going to keep growing in some some manner. We just I hope we, not. We, <laughs> we, you just you can just stay in the basement and keep making beer. Right. Bob's just, just like, please don't ask me to buy another <laughs> building. I actually did just ask yeah. him that the other day, so. Oh, no. Um, But, yeah, so I think, too, just having that additional space. And another thing that I'm really excited about is we're working with our city in their We Thrive program, which is a grant program through Hamilton County Public Health, that we'll be able to have a farmer's market as well in our beer garden. Um, So, again, it just really ties into who we are, community, um, local foods, local ingredients, what you can grow, Local farms. Um, so you talked about stuff growing in the actual beer garden itself, ingredient-wise. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be things growing that I can get a pint of beer and walk over and pick things and put it in my beer and make my beer taste different? With with my um, my escorting you, yes. <laughs> because I think that would be like a really fun kind of... You don't see a lot of stuff like that going on to where it, you know, it really shows people... 
this this tie between the two things, and I I just think there's there's lots of fun stuff. There's, yeah, the and when you know when we start actually using some of those ingredients in our beer too, I mean you know not only to make it a different beer or whatever, but you know you could infuse it with more fresh you know directly as you're sitting there. Um, I don't know if Betty's going to want that because. Uh, you know, those plants are precious to me. <laughs> but, but, I mean, could. I love interacting with people as well as plants. And so, you know, I could go out that day and, like, cut some of it and put it out on the tables, you know. or um, Because I do really care about the education piece with people as well. You know, so it's not even just craft beer here, but also plants and, you know, how you can get, even with honey and about the bees and... I just think there's a lot of opportunities. So when a child um, is eating a a French fry, they know what a potato looks like and where it came from. Right. What about um, a food aspect? You know, if they're eating a French fry, where did that French fry come from? Is there is there a food aspect to this whole idea? So that is really Fibonacci one point six one (laughs) eight. What's the next number? we need to finish this first, but yes, absolutely. We are committed to and will find a way to bring a permanent food solution on site here. I mean, it's a perfect space already for a food truck. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say perfect. It doesn't have, you know, a hookup for them or something. But but it's it's a great space for a food truck. As anybody that's here today can see the, the golden goose, is that what they're called? Is set up out there and... I think I think my wife got food from them, and she seemed pretty happy. Uh, she didn't yeah, nod her both, head yes or no. She's talking on a plastic cell phone. So. We, we both got <laughs> food from them, too. It, it was really good. Um, food trucks work really well in, this, in, in, in the environment that you guys have set up here. Even much better now with this, uh, this beer garden kind of idea. It, there's no rush on the food. It's okay, but... Don't don't let go of it because we need food here. Right. <laughs> Side note: We still always have menus behind the bar from people who deliver. Um, <laughs> when do we have any kind of official idea of when the beer garden is technically officially open for us? No. So we have to have that downstairs tap room done um, because people won't be allowed to buy beer in our current tap room and, and t- walk across gotcha. the driveway. So they're kind of the can you same. can you tie some sort of rope above the driveway so people can swing <laughs> over it? Right. We talked about a it's bridge. Ridiculous. We talked about the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody wants to know about the difficulties of owning or operating a brewery, this is just one of those many things that the hoops that you have to jump through to make things happen. Um, because there is a driveway that cuts through to a parking lot. A parking lot (laughs) Um, it's ridiculous yeah I mean I guess that's part of it too if you like a challenge there always is something to work through brainstorm (laughs) it's it's a very nice way to put it Um, let's talk about the bees a little bit so the I think the very first species of bee was put on the endangered list this year um, so bees are definitely disappearing, and and you guys are, you guys have a couple hives. You have three, is that right? Two. We started two. with four, but two of them were my mentor, um, 
Her name's Sam. She owns Bee Haven. They have a stand at Finley and then um, a place in Northside. She's amazing. Um, so she, at no cost, came out and mentored me for the year last year. And then we're still in contact when I say, okay, I <laughs> saw some larvae in there. Things look good. I'm doing this. I'm adding another super. Um, so we just text back and forth a lot. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing with the bees, and I didn't, you know, I had to learn a lot too. I read a lot. I studied a lot. But it's not really, if people care about the bees, you don't have to get bees to save them. You don't have to. Um, but you can. You can. And really, I'm starting to push the mason bees with a lot of people because it's not as expensive. It's 45 minutes a year. And they pollinate a hundred times what one honeybee does. Obviously, they don't make honey. But the biggest thing people can do to help the bees is plant the flowers and trees and bushes that they need to not spray their yard and get rid of the dandelions and the clover that the bees need in the spring. Or if you see... If you've got bees in, if you've got like a swarm of bees in a tree or something, like don't kill them. Like just don't kill bees. I think like, you know, when when you're here in the tap room and you're sitting out on the patio or you're in the beer garden next to you, you don't know that there's hives back there. It's not like there's bees swarming around you when you're near. Like it's not the way it works. And I think that there's a lot of misinformation about that whole, that's it's a whole show in itself that's for probably right. <laughs> for Cincy Beecast. Come out and I'll talk to you about bees. <laughs> but but I, I think it's again an important piece of the education side of the the, the Fib Farm. You know, like trying to show people those ties. But there's plenty of breweries here in Cincinnati that are making beers with honey. There are plenty of breweries that are looking into trying to find places to put hives and things like that. And I just I want people to understand. What, what's going on with it and how it all ties in together and um, that's what those little white boxes are about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's again just another piece of, of the Fib Farm puzzle um, what else do you guys have going on that you want to talk about uh, you've got a birthday party coming up are we talking about the birthday party yet I think Bob should talk about the birthday party because not only is it the birthday's third, third birthday it will be Bob's 40th are you supposed that to say that on day. the air? Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. That explains all the but gray. But yeah, actually, the day of the party, I guess, we're shooting for July 14th, uh, is uh, when we're going to have the uh, annual birthday party, and that happens to be my 40th birthday. So, so it's going to be the biggest fib birthday yet. <laughs> yes. Um, I've heard a rumor that Honey Agnes is also playing again, because... You can't have a fib birthday at this point without having right. them play. Right. <laughs> um, they're good friends of mine, and so you know we have to give them a shout out. If you have not listened to Hunting Agnes, do it. They're fantastic. Um, I assume you guys will have a food truck on site. You'll have some fun beers on tap, maybe something Other special. Other music, food, and the goats will be here. <laughs> the goats will. <laughs> so even if their pens aren't built yet, which they should be. Are they, um, goats, boys, I or girls? I will bring them over. Both girls. Both girls. Are they going to be wearing any kind of special outfits for the birthday party? 
bows in their hair or something. They do already have outfits, but they'll have something special that day. It's going to be exciting for them. So they'll at least be out on leashes for a little bit, depending on how well they want to hang out with they're know, not, hundreds they're, of people. They're not the type of goats that like freak out and like faint no. like those. Okay, because no. that would, yeah. I mean, it'll be funny, but it would be bad. <laughs> no fainting goats. So what about the beers? Oh, um, yeah, so there will definitely be some uh, special beers. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to uh, do something special this year and um, actually uh, have some bottles for uh, sale for the uh, birthday party, too. So it kind of, you know, we we kind of started thinking about it. Um, We we have some beers that are very polarizing, you know, like it's – it's something that people. You're not going to bottle the garlic very, beer, are you? No, no, not the garlic. <laughs> uh, the caps, so it's uh, kind of what uh, spurred this. Uh, you know, when we have it on, you know, people that you know like hot peppers, you know, right. they, they really, really enjoy it. But it's not a beer for everyone, you know. So uh, we have certain beers like that that you know just don't make sense to uh, you know put on tap and it sits there, right. you know, and you know. Someone comes in and, you know, they might have two or three, but, you know, 90% of the people aren't even going to want to try the beer, let alone... I have, know, to, I have to mix it with the regular to, to drink. <laughs> right, 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 right. So it kind of started with that, and then we're like, well, if we're going to, you know, bottle that and some other, like, let's bottle a bunch of stuff. So more than one beer in Yeah, bottles. yeah, we'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have numerous yet, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't have the, uh, the exact uh, list solidified yet, but I think I'm getting close, so... It's well, fantastic. Hearing about that in the coming weeks. Awesome. You'll probably be hearing about it very quickly on the gnarlygnome.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them will be uh, stuff we've done before, um, but there, there will also be some new stuff there then, too. Oh, that's fantastic. That's, that's exciting. So you guys have had half a bottle already. I'll call it a half a bottle because you did, you did bottles. True. For, for a wedding, and I know that as soon as pictures started popping up around of people with these bottles, I know I got, how do I get these? Where, where, where are these? It's, so people are chomping at the bit trying to get a hold of Fibonacci bottles. And yeah, I think I still have two of those left, too. Um, I've got one. I've, uh, yeah, I, I've got connections. <laughs> I just, every time I, I walk downstairs to pick a beer, I see it sitting there and it's so beautiful with that blue wax on it. I'm like, oh man, I can't open it yet. I just, it's right. also really hot outside and it doesn't really fit into my hot weather drinking quite yet. So right. yeah, still sitting on it. Bob's probably just frustrated right now because I'm being really picky about label paper. So <laughs> that's, you need to have somebody that's picky about those things. Yeah, you know, I just don't want the uh, label to cost more than the beer. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> well, when it gets a little ridiculous, you saw you saw when Taft released uh, their um, old wooden the tooth wood, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a wooden crate with a wooden label yeah. with a wooden flag, and, and it was just gorgeous, wasn't and it? And it got yeah. all kinds of publicity and people talking about it before they even tried the beer. Right? People like that kind of stuff. It's it's important. It's a whole different side of things. You listen to her. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, What else do we need to talk about? What else is going on? You got anything? I feel like that's so much. (laughs) It is is a lot to to digest. Right. I I don't get to sit back and think about uh, (laughs) what we got going on. I'm just trying to think how we're going to throw a birthday party, open the beer garden, take care of chickens and goats, run an Airbnb and have private events and still work during the daytime you can like 
with <laughs> taking care of chickens and goats will probably be the, uh, the relaxing fun. Yeah, part. like I imagine, like it's you can run over there and get away right. <laughs> and like hide in the back and like quietly sob to yourself because you have too much <laughs> on your calendar, and the goats will be happy to see you and. The animals are going to love it. They're going to have so many people that are here to hang out with them. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was just, I was visiting the goats this morning, um, and they're adorable and amazing, as usual. How, so. how big are they? You said that they are some, like, some kind of dwarf, dwarf Nigerian. Dwarf Nigerian. Um, so they'll get no bigger than 70 pounds, although I, I would think both of these will probably be more like 50. And then after they're about a year old... Um, which these were both just born this spring. Um, you can get them pregnant and then have a bunch of little babies running around and Baby then goats. you can start getting milk. So ideally we would like to use that milk to make soap and maybe some other byproducts. So we'll see how that goes too. So you can order a, a pint of goat's milk with your beer. <laughs> soap. <laughs> Yeah, definitely soap to begin with. Maybe maybe some goat cheeses uh, down the down the road too. As, again, the possibilities are endless. This is such a fun idea, such a fun concept, and it's it's fun watching you guys kind of grow into what this this is, and and to finally be able to like point and like, see like this is this is what they were talking about. Like it all kind of makes sense. And um, I mean, I think it's exciting for us too because so many of these things we've talked about or we've told people or and our staff have been so amazing and so supportive like they always are and I think they're really excited too because you know we've told them about these things for so long and they're actually starting to see it come to fruition you know like I'll send them texts of the goat and um, we'll tour them on the space next door you know throughout construction to let them see how things are updating and fun stuff mm -hmm. if, if you have not been to Fibonacci come to Fibonacci and and see what this place is all about it's it's not just a nano brewery it's it's like I said it's it's, it's part of something much bigger that I don't think you can see on the surface sometimes but when you come in here and you sit down and you really kind of dive into what's happening here it's really really fun and um, I I appreciate that you guys are doing it here in Cincinnati and not somewhere else because there are probably some cities that would embrace an idea like this much better than I think Cincinnati does, and uh, is, we're, we're very lucky to have a place like this here. So, so, thank you. You know, I speak for Cincinnati Beer, so thank you. And on behalf of Cincinnati Beer, <laughs> somebody has to. Nobody else does anymore. Guys, thank you very much for doing the show. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for having me. Um, I promise it won't be another like ten years before we're back here. No, <laughs> it wasn't ten. It was like two. I think. I don't know. It's really a long time. There's track we've anymore. Seen 50, you. 52 breweries or something I have to get right. to now. That's it's right. I have like been in here drinking. Missing. That counts. Absolutely. I, I check in. <laughs> I try to check in. It helps that you guys are close. Um, Fibonacci Brew. What is your website? Is it? Fib Brew. F-I-B-B-R-E-W dot com. And every ounce of social media you can think of. Are you guys, you guys are on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter Facebook. Facebook, Snapchat. No, <laughs> no Snapchat. Snapchat. I still don't understand Snapchat. We have Snapchat. the channel locked down, but we're not really doing it. <laughs> um, and follow the Brewcast, follow the Gnarly Gnome on all of those things to accept Snapchat, because don't understand it, and I have no desire to understand it. 
Thank you, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.